TV series The Bear. Uh, now, The Bear, I've heard a lot of things about The Bear. Bear is winning a lot of awards. A lot of people are talking about it. People consider it one of the best shows on TV right now. That's uh, on the list of even previous people say one of the best shows of the 21st century already, and it's only been two seasons in. Um, people praise the performances of Jeremy Allen White, Io Debris, who you're seeing everywhere right now. Io Debris was basically in every single movie last year in 2023. Uh, Jeremy Allen White was just in The Iron Claw. Um, yeah, you're seeing a lot of these people everywhere. So, what is the bear about? Uh, so you have the bear. You have this young, talented chef uh, who's played by Jeremy Allen White, um, who people call him uh, Carmi. Uh, Carmen is his name there. And his brother committed suicide, who ran this Italian beef shop in Chicago. And so when he committed suicide in his will, he left it to his brother. Uh, Carmi there is Jeremy Allen White. And so he paused his kind of upstart, really superstar rising career as this chef to come back and manage and run his brother's old Italian beef shop. And this is a real shop in Chicago. If you go, it, it is a real shop there. It's called Mr. Beef. Do you know about this place there, uh, Nathan, Mr. Beef? I've been there. Okay. How is Mr. Beef? It's really good. Really okay. good and really affordable, like $6 for a sandwich. Okay. Ooh, nice. Sheet. Hell yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you go there. I highly recommend. I mean, you probably, the line is probably out the door right now because everybody going, like, I want to go to the place <laughs> in the bear. You know what I mean? The line is there's a There's a decent line. I had a bit of a line last time I went there that wasn't there any of the other times uh but yeah no i mean this show is fantastic at showing off chicago one of my favorite restaurants of Vec is uh in there in the second season when uh ioa debiri kind of has her whole episode going through all the different places in chicago for inspiration yeah uh, one of the best dishes over there is a chorizo rat or stuffed date wrapped mm. in bacon with an ahi pepper sauce and a rustic bread they give you over there it's so fucking good but yeah, yeah, this show is very, very good at showing off Chicago, and it's always great to have a show with a sense of place. This show is su fucking superb. There's no actual hyperbole any of the stuff that you came by. It's, uh, you know, it just has to do with this very sad state of TV where the Bears is the best show on TV, then everything else just sort of falls a little bit below that, and then there's just a lot of mid. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be discussing uh, the two seasons of the show, probably mostly season two, uh, since that was the latest season. And then actually, um, they're going to be starting up season three, starting up filming for it uh, this late February. They're going to be starting up season three for that. Um, so, yeah, just kind of the setup there. And while, you know, uh, Jeremy Allen White's character, while he's trying to run this whole shop, he realizes that the, the shop is in massive debt. It's falling apart. Um, he's got all these people that work at the shop there that it's like, they're stuck in their ways. They're stuck in the system. They don't want to fucking change anyway. Um, and yeah, he's, the show is incredibly stressful. Uh, I mean, like when you're watching the show, it's like, it's almost about to give you a fucking anxiety attack. Like the ones that he actually has in the show. It's very um, uncut food at points. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's intense. There. Yeah. It's like everyone's yelling, screaming, talking over each other. Uh, you know, and you know, tickets are still coming guys. Yeah. Uh, but there's but, a sweetness at its core. Mm. I think needs to be just completely stated. It's about a found family. Uh, and it's about, you know, it's about food, but it's also about hunger and wanting to be more than, uh, your lot in life. Yeah. Such uh, a great show. Jesus. Yeah. So, um, Nathan, since you're talking about already, what do you love about the bear? Man? Um, 
you know, I feel like uh, Russell Hammond and Almost Famous. What do you love about music? And it's like everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bear is great. Even the music, uh, which can be very much on the nose. Um, things I love about The Bear. A, it's a great ensemble. And it does that thing that old TV used to do um, where you meet an ensemble and you become so drawn to these characters that you want to know more about these people. Like Io Edibiri breaks out from the bear. Evan Moss Baccarat, uh, oh my gosh, what's the name? Uh, Jeremy Allen White. All these great actors who step in and embody these roles. And you create these almost parasocial relationships with not just the characters, but the actors. Same way you felt watching Breaking Bad, where now like Dean Norris and Brian Cranston and Anna Gunn and fucking Aaron Paul are all like, they all hold a place in your heart over the weeks that you've watched them. Um, outside of that, it's a very authentic portrayal of restaurant culture. The people who get upset about it not being that authentic is just that it comes so close that if there's anything that's a little off, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it feels more askew. But this is, as far as a show or a movie about just working in a kitchen, this is as realistic as it gets. Mm-hmm. Um Outside of that, I like that the show could be fucking anything. You could have an episode that is just uh, stress city. You can have an episode that just hurts your soul. I love uh, I love the use of cameos in this show. There are so hmm. many, so many huge, big actors that you know, and they'll show up, and you'll expect like maybe that might be distracting. There's even an episode that is like for the most part just actors showing up and it never distracts from the overall plot it's not like um who c-3po showing up in ashoka or like Mm. dark Vader showing up in obi-wan it all feels of a piece to showing the future of the show and showing these characters um yeah yeah no i just absolutely love this show i think it's kind of a miracle uh that it's on tv and i think it's just so clearly the best show on tv so what are the parts that are off about wrestling that they they get wrong in the show um you got a pretty big staff for what is mostly a takeout uh operation in the first season um trying to think of other things i've heard a lot get i mean oh yeah just like flying a chef over to copenhagen to just like research (laughs) for a little bit you know yeah. Uh, those things are, I guess, askew and really beg to question the credibility of like the constant money troubles that they have. Uh, mm. But it's all very forgivable because you just get to go deeper in with these characters through that. Like, I wouldn't want two less people on the show to care about. Yeah. And, uh, uh, oh, just, uh, and I wouldn't sacrifice that episode directed by Rami Yusuf uh where he goes to Copenhagen. So uh, um yeah and we're about to get into because you said this this show always you know they have big amount of uh, guest stars that come in the show when we're getting to the Thanksgiving episode they did a lot of that bringing in major guest stars. Um also you do yeah. have some uh people yeah. who like Will Poulter who shows up you have uh Olivia Coleman who shows up in episodes there very nice um, and that's yeah. just the the second season. The first season, you get like Joel McHale. Um, yeah. I mean, the big person who almost feels like he's such a huge star, but he's only been in three scenes ostensibly is John mm-hmm. Barenthal. Yep, John Barenthal, who's the brother that committed suicide, Michael. 
Um, yeah, uh, Nathan, what do you think about? I mean, uh, fuck. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nick, oh, okay. yeah. This yeah. this show it is it is kind of perfect television because, like you said, you have such this strong ensemble and this uh, strong uh, uh, hand as a showrunner with uh, Christopher Storer that you that you can in one episode have an extended single take where everything is shit is hitting the fan and it is the most anxiety driven thing I have watched. I can barely watch that episode without nearly having a panic attack. And then in the second season, you can have episodes that are just vibes. You can take uh, a character like Marcus, who is uh, played by Lionel Boyce and kind of have his own little side adventure. You can take Richie who is played excellently by even must Bachrock who was a character I despised in the first season and give him one of the best episodes of tell of, uh, of the show. I, I'd argue the best episode of the show with that mm. one. It yeah. made me give a shit about Taylor Swift. Oh. Um, and he's in the episode Forks um, there. And we'll uh, get into that with season two of what kind of happens and the changes. So in season one, uh, just to talk about that a little bit, it kind of presents, uh, especially he comes and takes over the shop, very much as uh, Eben Moss Bacharach, his character Richie, very mm -hmm. much like the antagonist of the show. He's very much the most combative to uh, uh, Jeremy Allen White's character when he comes in there because, and you understand why of there of him with this place because keeping things the same because this is the only thing he has left of uh, John Barenthal, Michael's character, uh, his character Michael, uh, who was his best friend. Uh, you know, he, you know, he's so close to the family that mm -hmm. he gets referred to as cousin, even though he's not really any way you know blood related to the family. He just gets referred to as cousin there. Um, so you see a lot of that, and you see kind of even in that first season, like you know, he's got a daughter. He's estranged from his wife, you know what I mean? His wife is with another man, um, and that kind of, like, very strained relationship there, and he's trying to do the best he can um, to kind of take care of her and, and step up, and he's like, you know, I'm a 40-something-year-old man. I'm still wrapping sandwiches. Like, I don't mm -hmm. want to, you know, do that. I want to kind of advance and maybe kind of get better there. Um, you know, one uh, amongst another of the cameos, uh, Oliver Platt, who comes in here, Oh, um, so fucking great. who's uh, uh cicero uh there he's like a mob guy he's the one that lends a bunch of money to the to the shop there and you know mm -hmm. that was something that uh, jeremy i didn't know coming into it it's like they're in massive amounts of debt um especially to a mobster that guy who is like hey if you don't pay this money i'm gonna probably break your legs i don't want to break your legs <laughs> but uh you know it's, i gotta do what i gotta do and it's like well you can either you know uh just allow me to kind of sell the shop to me and i can just demolish it and take the uh the, the property which is probably worth a good amount of money. I get my money back on it. Um, so you also have that there, which good from good performance from Oliver Platt, by the way, who who shows up here too. He's really good. I mean, everybody in the show is absolutely fantastic. The whole cast around, and like you said, you know, with a show like this, what makes a really great show is that you can follow a lot of other different characters. You know, as mm -hmm. as Nathan and you can follow like uh, there's episode with just Io Debris where she kind of goes her character Sydney, where she goes around in Chicago and then tries all these different foods to, to get inspiration. You can't have an episode with Marcus um, where he goes to Denmark there and he goes to Will Poulter's character to to learn how to make uh, uh, pastries with him because he's the uh, pastry chef uh, for the restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, you also have an episode even with uh, Tina and then an episode. Who's the uh, who's her mate there? Um, what's his what's his character's name? Oh, um, Tina and uh, Ibra. Ibra um, there who they're the two older uh, chefs that work in, and then they get a chance to go to culinary school. And you see that, you know, like when he comes there, because 
Karma at first it's like he's kind of like it's oh you're this fancy fucking chef that comes there and you're gonna you know tell us how to do things. But him being there almost it raises everybody's game. It kind of mm-hmm. levels everybody. Everybody wants to kind of level up there now because he's there and he has this such reputation. And then Io Debra, she's one of the newer people. She's in a position like with uh, Carmen where she kind of comes in at the same time of being a newer person to the shop and meeting these kind of people there. Um, she's the uh, sous chef there of the restaurant, uh, Io Debris, And that's the person who's like right below the head chef of uh, mm-hmm. Jeremy Allen White's character. Um, so you kind of see that, you know, that, you know, she kind of has higher aspirations. And, you know, when in season two, when you see kind of characters go off and kind of have more of their own, because at season two, they like we want to reinvent the shop and kind of have more of the vision that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Michael and uh, that uh, Carmine wanted for the shop of like the bear and making it, you know, this big restaurant, this you know really, really hugely powerful restaurant in vision of what they wanted. And in order to have that done, in order to compete with a lot of the other fancier restaurants in Chicago, you know, they was like, hey, we're going to send you off, get more experience and then come mm-hmm. back to bring some more quality to the to the uh, to the shop, uh, which was really good. Um, yeah, Nathan, what do you, uh, what do you think about season one and compared to season two? Do you think it's a much improvement there with season two? I think we're, I mean, even with season two, I think both seasons are pretty perfect. Mm. The first season, I would have been perfectly fine with it just being the last season of that show because it took me on such a journey. You know, you feel like you're just on this plane and it makes the landing and it sticks this perfect landing and you didn't even realize you were on a plane from the beginning of it. You're just like, here with these people and enjoying your time uh second season you're just second it starts you're just in sure hands and about three episodes in you're just like oh this is uh the best show period and then it just only gets better and better and i think a lot of there was a little bit of criticism to the like are we going to get back into like actually running a restaurant but so much of the conclusion of the show has to do with this. I mean, they're all just hungry. They're all looking for purpose. And is this restaurant really going to bring purpose to them is a big mm-hmm. question. And it brings purpose to some and not much to others. Um, and it's all used as an expression of their trauma. Like, I went through all of this. So eventually I'd be able to express this. And we kind of get like a Empire Strikes Back ending to the season. So I guess season two is not as satisfying in its own capsule as season one. But the show is such a fucking hit that they can do that. They can just be like, yeah, yeah we'll we'll end season two like this because we know we've already found something that's broken through in a way that a lot of TV shows just can't these days. And uh yeah, it's now. I, I think both seasons are pretty much on par. I'd have to rewatch them both, uh, which I'm actually debating doing more. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Ewoks are going to be working the line. It's like, are you fucking with me to this little teddy bear? <laughs> Why are you fucking with me? Uh, um, oh, you know what? We're talking about everybody. Jeremy Allen White is like probably the best screen partner on TV. He's able to bring so much out of everybody, you know. <laughs> It's just, he's great. And he's got this bottled up, like, coiled rage mm-hmm. that 70s that, actors only yeah, that Yeah, this kind of rage and unprocessed uh, trauma that is just boiling under the surface of, of, of Carmi. 
it's very like 70s Dustin Hoffman, very 70s Pacino. Um, you know, it's just there there's so many different uh different great things about this show from top to bottom. Yeah. And you know what? You brought up that one shot episode, Nick. Mm-hmm. The thing is that show would already be my favorite show of that year <laughs> without that episode being a oneer. And that it is doesn't necessarily make it better. It doesn't make it worse. It's just one of those things that's like, oh yeah, this can just be technically impressive mm-hmm. while also doing everything that I would ever want it to do. Yeah, and and like you were saying that you could have it could have just been a cool stylistic choice, but everything that is kind of boiling over in the season, it comes to a head in that that one or episode. Uh, it's called a review. It's directed by Chris Store and uh, written by Joanna Kahlo. It's just yeah. such a confidence to this show, a confidence that a lot of shows don't have. Or it, it has like this false concept of like uh, this false confidence, like I'm important, mm-hmm. look at me. I'm going to do a crazy thing every two episodes and take a big break mm-hmm. in between. And this show is just, it's just great television. Yeah, and it's very impressive considering uh, uh, that this is uh, the first TV show that Christopher Christopher Storer has run. He's mostly been a director of comedy specials. He directed specials for Bo Burnham, Hassan Minhaj. He was a director and uh, executive producer on Rami. Mm, okay, so it makes sense why that guy came. Oh in there. yeah, yeah, Rami. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, someone watched Rami. I need to. Yeah. Uh, um. So yeah, the, the series it starts off with. You know, even with season one, like there, I there isn't, I think, an episode of this show when you aren't all that much completely stressed out of something because something's always happening. Even when you think something's going to go right, you know, it seems like, oh, it's a good night. No, you know, motherfuckers trapped in a freezer, or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, something, something always happens to fuck up the night there. And like, this is an example here. Um, and this happens in season one. Marcus, what the fuck are you doing still working on this shit? Yo, come on, what, what are you tripping for? Come the on, what in the, the fuck oven? am I tripping if for? Are you here dust, right it now? It doesn't make a difference. There's four cakes in steel. Yeah, I was going to cut them. They're I'm... not even cut yet? Yeah, it's no, not that big of a deal. Um, I am, um, I'm doing them in five, basically. I'm no, going to order no, them in stop. five. stop. Everything. So... Fire everything right fucking now. Okay, I'll fire everything now. I just was finishing step talking out. to Marcus. Step out. Step out. Okay, I'm going to talk to Marcus. Get the fuck off my expo shit now! Get the fuck off! Thank you. <laughs> Jesus, God, I yeah. mean, I mean, it's just man, it's just the energy, the crazy, and like it's people just yelling. I, I imagine I don't know how people in this show even have a voice after you know what I mean after they're done filming because they must be hoarse because uh, it's just constant people screaming, talking over each other. Uh, I mean, it's it's just crazy. Well, that's here. the episode that we were talking about the the wonder that they do throughout the kitchen. And it, it's interesting because they have a fully working kitchen that they film on that's just, mm-hmm. you know, increased for space. And they got to do that entire episode just in one take, all fully rehearsed, <laughs> letting out that energy. I, I can't remember how many takes it took, but it was like four or something. I couldn't imagine just working on that all day. Uh, but, you know, we say it's stressful. I feel like a lot of a big hurdle for a lot of people, especially in the service industry who want to watch the bears like, Oh, it's just going to be like working a shift at work, but for no pay. And I just, I, it's one of those things. It is so entertaining. It it's very funny. It's very insightful. It, the show can truly be anything at any given moment. Mm-hmm. 
especially the, I felt like the Copenhagen episode was really just like an Epsom salt bath to take for a little. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a uh, one of the first times where we kind of very much shifted the vibe of the show from just constant stress to really just pure vibes. And that episode was directed by a uh, Rami Youssef. Yeah, um, and the the episode Fork starts off being stress, melancholy, depression, mm -hmm. and then you just get this drive. And it just becomes satisfying in the way that, I mean, there are a lot of references to Michael Mann's films throughout it. They play the music from Thief all throughout that. And they even have a reference to Thief at the end with the uh, the buzz sawing into the walk-in cooler, mm -hmm. looking like a safe with sparks everywhere. And it's <laughs> it, uh, it gives that satisfaction that you get watching, say, like a Michael Mann movie where you're just watching somebody who's like good at their job. And that's one of the most satisfying things to watch on screen. Yeah. Um, and rating for immaturity, he says uh, that's what he does right now. That's what he is. He's a chef there, high intensity, fast paced type of thing. And that's a, is that how it is? Pretty much service industry for the most part, you know. Just... Uh, I mean, it depends on the place. There are <laughs> days that it is just insane, especially if a place gets popular enough, you know. Yeah. And they say like this is like they do it in River North, which is more downtown. So it's like a lot of people in that area of Chicago, they come off of work and then at lunchtime and then they go there. Um, so that's kind of there. So in a good spot, they're in a pretty popular spot there. Where it's, people can... it's very interesting. Uh, the first season, so much of it is like, yeah, we're going to make Italian beef sandwiches, which is something that's kind of perfectly imperfect. Mm. Like I'd never want an Italian beef to feel just like a steak sandwich with like marbled ribeye or anything. I just want a sloppy Italian beef. Mm -hmm. A nice roll with some hot peppers, like medium dipped, little wet. Uh, and it's just one of those things that like putting somebody who is so perfectionist like Carmi to have to do this not only as like a way of like, hey, I, I want to prove myself by making this restaurant mm -hmm. and elevating it. Yeah, and, and that was a huge thing of his arc because a, a huge impetus of Carmi becoming this like uh, award-winning Michelin star chef was that his brother Mikey never let him work there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those that like, how can he get out of his own way? One of the most interesting things about just any characterization is like, you know, if you ever hear about screenwriting, it's like, what do you want? What's getting in your way and how are you getting in your own way? Mm -hmm. And Carmi gets in his own way all the time, especially in season two. By yeah. the end of it, you're just like, God, how did you fuck up shit with Molly Gordon, dude? Just chill. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah. Dumbass. And, uh, Molly <laughs> Gordon, people have seen things like Shiva Baby she was in. Oh, um, she's amazing. Yeah. Uh, she's theater amazing. camp last year, which uh, she co-directed as well. Really good yeah. movie. Mm -hmm. um, also Io Adabiri in that, right? Yeah, also Io. Yeah. She was yeah. everywhere. Yeah, she was also in theater camp there. Yeah, so you see in season two that you know he sparks up a relationship with an old uh, childhood friend there, uh, and Molly Gordon, um, and her character name was Claire. She sparks a relationship with Claire. Um, I was watching a I was watching a podcast discussing waving the red flag. Shout out to those guys, and they were talking about this show and they were talking about his relationship with Molly Gordon and saying like, is she too much of a manic pixie dream girl? Because she seems kind of perfect in a sense of like. She's always kind of happy, always kind of like there for him, always. I mean, she doesn't feel like she's out of nowhere. That's the thing mm. about her. She feels very lived in the Chicago energy that she has. And I totally buy that there was just this thing that never ended up like happening between the two of them and mm. him getting in his own way. And I mean, it's just 
I think what makes it almost feel manic pixie dream girl to people is just to have like maybe the most charged sexual chemistry in between these scenes of like intensity. Yeah. Bless you. Thank you. Yeah. So you think that that Jeremy Allen White Karma, he's just a self sabotager? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So if he was, I mean, if he was such a self sabotager, how did he make it to be a Michelin star chef and and succeed at that level at that high? I mean, it's just, it's the drive that he has, but it's also the same drive that has him quit while he's ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this, uh, yeah, so I wonder that. But, uh, and this was uh, what I was talking about. Here's a, like a little short of uh, thing of them kind of talking about, just to get a sense of, uh, not to really get them out of context here, just a little intro here, a little bit there. I'm Claire, I just, sorry to interrupt. Claire is the worst written character I've oh, ever seen. God. Oh, these oh these kinds of guys still doing this manic pi- pixie dream manic bullshit. Pixie like, dream girl. Really? And she's and she's a and she's a doctor. Manic what? pixie dream girl. <laughs> man, that doesn't even make, that doesn't even make sense. Oh, no. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> this motherfucker is dating a whole ass doctor who can find time to be with his scraggly ass, but he's so, like, oh, I can't, okay, I can't okay, run a okay, kitchen okay, at okay, and love you too. Me, like, yeah, uh, that was so, a little bit of yeah. So, where's their section on uh, like Kim Wexler and all the other like, <laughs> female characters? Really curious because uh, they seem to be very hung up by the fact that Molly Gordon can also be a doctor. <laughs> I think it was just like it seems I like uh, I yeah, get but, what they're saying. Yeah, I get what they're saying, but that's the absurdity of it is kind of the point that Carmi is, is so driven to succeed in the restaurant industry that he kind of foregoes every little thing, everything else about his life. Even the moments that we see his apartment is like completely bare unless it's uh, books about food. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, he definitely has a very guy apartment. That's for sure. I mean, when <laughs> Io Devin, she walks in there, it's like, he's got kind of like clothes in the oven. He's got, you know what I mean? Just like everything's a mess. And like, yeah, I can see that. But I think, I mean, if you want to check it out, very good uh, channel there. If you want to see the longer uh, video of them discussing it, but, yeah, I mean, I, I like with Molly Gordon. I always like Molly Gordon. I think she's a very good actress there. Um, you know, Nepo Baby, but Nepo Baby, they got some talent uh, <laughs> for sure. And I think, you know, they make a good couple uh, in the show there. Um, and yeah, I mean, Carmen does have that reputation of being a self-sabotage. And you see him go to these support groups, which is also really great of him kind of, you know, recognizing the issues that he has and his faults there. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, this, this show, I mean... Everybody really is really good. I just think that with her character, we just haven't seen enough of her because, you know, like in season three, maybe we're going to get more backstory mm-hmm. with her and see what she kind of does on a daily basis there, like we do with a Marcus or like maybe we do with, you know, uh, Tina or somebody like that. Um, maybe even, you know, some more stuff with uh, the sister, um, you know, Carmine's sister in this, who's played wonderfully by, uh, I think it's uh, Abby Elliott uh, there, who's uh, Sugar in this, Natalie, uh, the uh, little sister there. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, what what would you all say is your kind of? You mentioned Forks is a great episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the episode with he uh, Marcus goes to Denmark as being another great episode. What is kind of is that some of your favorite episodes of the show? Ooh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Forks, My number one is Forks for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah, the Feast of the Seven Fishes is yeah, obviously fishes great episode, as well. Yeah, Fishes episode six, which is a flashback. Uh, of the uh, Christmas night, Christmas night, yeah, yeah, uh, which is pretty wonderful. I got that clip right here. Which, if you see it, it's probably one of the better episodes of television. It's just like how <laughs> tense and funny it is. I mean, it's it's absolutely. Crazy. And you get to with this episode, 
you get to see John Bernthal as Michael um, there, in which before you just see kind of flash mm -hmm. little kind of flashes here. Yeah, it, it, it's a character that's barely in the show, but you feel his presence. Oh, and we didn't even mention shout out Bob Odenkirk, shown <laughs> from the best show yeah, on the TV guest, to yeah, another. The yeah, the guest starring list on Fishes is kind of insane. Yeah, it's it's just such a flex. <laughs> yeah, in this episode, you got Jamie Lee Curtis, who's their mother. Um, you got Sarah Paulson, who I think is what the cousin or the yeah, I forgot about Sarah it's, fucking Paulson. Yeah, it's uh so. she's their cousin. Cousin. Uh, you also have John Mullaney, who's uh the boyfriend. A, yeah, the boyfriend of and yeah. I'm not gay like you all think. Yeah. <laughs> you just threw a fork at me? I did. <laughs> see, that's the thing, Lisi, because you see what you did, right? You already did that. You I love the camera cutting it. Everybody, like everybody just yeah, makes the perfect face. Shit. No, he started it, AJ. Mike, just don't throw fucking forks at people. Don't throw forks. Don't, yeah, don't, don't throw forks at people. It's a rule. It's a rule. It's a rule. Hey, fat. Using your fork. Yeah, I, I need it, Mike. I need it. Please, Mikey. Yeah? Yeah. I just I need please. to borrow it. Please. I just need to borrow it for please. one second. Mikey, please. Hey, please. 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 I'm just going to borrow it for a second. I just need Mikey. it for one second. Come on, dude. Yo. Michael. Hey, Michael. Michael. Oh, uh, shout out to what's her name from Community? Uh, oh, Gillian James. Gillian James. Gillian James yeah. is also in this. And the wife. You're scaring the normals. This is fine. This is nothing. This is it's nothing. Hey, Mikey, can you hear me, buddy? Not right now, Steve. Cut it up, Rich. Hey, look, here's the thing. You see, I can throw forks because this is our father's house, Mike, right? Rich, Lee? my father's house. Okay, you got everyone's attention, so go ahead yeah. and tell I us. mean, the reaction is just, <laughs> everybody's <laughs> yeah. like the best like, part of that episode. Everybody's just like, fucking it. It, it is the <laughs> almost wall-to-wall -wall music up until that moment, and then they, they cut out all the music for a moment to have that. Also, I mean, much praise I always give to Odenkirk, but talk about somebody who just like sort of slipped into that world almost instantly. I mean, most of the guest stars, but Odenkirk especially, I'm like, I can already picture Oliver Platt and you like having shady business deals. <laughs> and this is uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. This is her scene, uh, which also is another recurring scene. Like you think when things are finally turned down, it's like, okay, it's like she, okay everything's cool now. You know, the, the tension is finally down, down. And then Abby Ellis, she's got to fuck up and say the one wrong thing. Wrong <laughs> hey. Hey. Okay. Oh, jeez. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Rose Brazado. Do you know how much I fucking hate when you ask me that? Do you know how much I fucking hate you ask me that? Okay. Do, do you ask the rest of these people if they're okay? Do I not? Not really. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man, that, that, man, that would have scared Michael Myers. I mean, that's the next snap. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, I just, uh, man, everybody's so good in that episode. And that's the one episode where you're just like, okay, I'm finally gonna get a little relief from the kitchen. And it's just a pressure cooker. At first, you're like, ah, oh, fun. We're seeing the family all together. Yeah. It's another spot. Look at all these guest stars, and then it just slowly, yeah. you're just. Yeah. Yeah, falling down into a dinner they've had a million times before, like that. <laughs> yeah, and Jamie, like you see her in the kitchen. She's got all these different timers going on, and then she doesn't even remember what timer is for what. And then, like, she's doing a eight million things in the kitchen, and it's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's insane. 
Um, and that's why you love the show. I mean, it, it can have those. I can see why it was nominated for comedy, too. I mean, it's got the drama element, but hell, I, I laughed at that episode. <laughs> well, just as much. It's nominated for comedy just because it's 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> it, it's kind of like the fucking, what's his name? Uh, oh, my gosh. It's going to kill me. Uncut uh, Gems. Uh, Kevin Adam, Garnett. Adam- Kevin Garnett just looking at the, the like crystal being like, it's 30 minutes. What is this? <laughs> um, yeah. Why's it got so many laughs in it? <laughs> uh, man, I I mean, you can't say just enough really great things about the show. The the amount of, you know, high intensity the show is, of how stressed you are watching it, the kind of them constantly talking over each other is always great. It kind of brings that. It makes you feel like you're really there with them in these characters. Mm-hmm. And you could follow each of these characters and then have a great time watching it. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm probably about to start my rewatch of it the second after we finish this <laughs> recording. I might to be honest with you. Shit, yeah. I might be there with you. This, yeah, the show is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. So, uh, Nathan, final thoughts. Rating for the bear there, man. I mean, I guess you have to stream it, but you know, uh, <laughs> outside of that, I mean, it's just it's it's perfect television. It's it's crazy that we're getting something this good and that it is breaking through like this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I'm like, I, I say stream it. It's like, a, I forget what the highest rating is, but just highest possible guard. Just watch it. If you, uh, this is cinema's the highest. This is, it is cinema. It's cinema on Hulu streaming, not even FX, <laughs> you know? I mean, FX on Hulu, but yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it it's great TV. Yeah. Uh, Nick, what about you? Yeah, this is one of the best uh, written shows on television. Chris Storer, he made something very special that is one of the most anxiety-inducing shows, but still keeps that warmth and that humor that it is, you know, I was kind of like taken aback when the Golden Globes and the Emmys nominated nominated it for uh, Best Comedy Series, but seeing it again just watching it all the episodes seeing how much i've actually laughed in it yeah the show is very tense it is very uh anxiety inducing but it is still very funny uh this has some of my favorite episodes of television i've ever seen with uh with fishes with the forks and all culminating in two kind of perfect uh season finales with uh the first season uh brajol and uh and this second season, The Bear, which is a friends and family night at the restaurant. Mm. Yeah. yeah, this is absolute cinema. I love this show. I'm definitely rewatching it the second I get a chance to again. Yeah. Um, it was fun watching this. Fun finally getting a chance to binge it. Quick binge. Each episode is about 30 minutes, uh, so you can get through it in, in a relatively quick amount of time. Um, really great watch. I'm excited for season three. Excited to, to watch that. Um, and just see where things go uh, from here. We kind of leave off at season two where they, you know, did all this reconstruction with the restaurant. Like I said, I mean, when he kind of gets it, it's a mess. I mean, the, the walls <laughs> are rotted. There's mold. There's all this stuff. So they pay like all this money. Not only do they loan out this money that they already have three, I think it was like 300,000 initially. Uh-huh. Then it's like, then he has to lend him money to re- uh, to reno- uh, renovate the whole restaurant. So that's actually like 500,000. <laughs> Uh, he might as well owe money to the fucking Decepticons because like he probably ain't gonna pay that shit back. But so it's like, and all this pressure now is put on him to have such a successful restaurant because that's the only way he's gonna be able to make all this money back. Um, that even adds more attention to things. So yeah, uh, I mean, you're really you're really rooting for these characters. I mean, it, it, you really are, and to see them be successful, that also adds to it. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, absolutely. This is, I mean, I think this is cinema. I think this is really amazing show. I enjoyed really watching it. I loved all the characters. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I never want to work in a kitchen. Oh, you know, I'm to <laughs> ever in my life. It takes it takes an addictive why personality. Why are you fucking with me? Why are you fucking with me? Huh? Get the fuck back to work. Oh, shit. Jesus. It's, it is uh <laughs> It, it takes an addictive personality to uh, work there. I don't know if that's saying much about myself, uh, somebody who certainly partakes in all manner of <laughs> vices. But it so much of this show is about that addictive personality, and that addictive personality is just driven to keep going every day, and occasionally just shut the fuck down and just you know scream and punch a wall or accidentally slice their hand or whatever you know. Stab somebody in the ass. <laughs> yep, yep. You know, uh, smoke uh, crack in the alley. You know, I uh, I said corner. You know, yeah. <laughs> you you um, didn't say corner. So yeah, um, yeah. So it's a wonderful, terrific show, people. Uh, many people in town about about it, and I see why it is um, as successful and popular as it is. Um, so yeah, three cinemas all around for the bear.